United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explorers podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. My name is Nelson Strobert, and my guest today is Annabelle Markey. I should say Pastor uh, Annabelle Markey, who is co-pastor at Community Lutheran Church in Sterling, Virginia. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to, good to have you and good to uh, talk to you on this side of the ocean. Uh, and I'll, expl- <laughs> yes. I'll explain it to our listening audience. Uh, um, Annabelle, um, just a return from a very interesting trip. Uh, that she had, and she uh, went or walked on the Camino de Santiago, and uh, and I was interested. I followed her on Facebook and saw the photos, and I said, I have to talk to her about this experience. So, <laughs> so I'm glad that you're available. Uh, could you share with our listening audience what is the Camino de Santiago? Um, The Camino de Santiago is actually a series of different routes to uh, Santiago de Compostela, uh, which is a city in um, in the northwest of Spain. And it has been a pilgrimage site since, I think, the ninth century. You might want to fact check me there. Right, Um, yeah. yeah. for hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of years and uh, thousands of pilgrims have uh, made, the, made the walk, the pilgrimage um, to Santiago. You can walk, you can ride a bike, or you can go by a horseback. Uh, and it's kind of experienced this resurgence in the past uh, century and uh, with movies that you might have seen, such as The Way with Martin Sheen. Um, oh, yes. And a couple other movies. Um, but it, it's become very, very popular again uh, after a long time of kind of um, being forgotten. Uh, so it's kind of come back into vogue. Um, and the route that uh, I walked was uh, the Camino Francis, which is the... Um, one of the the most traditional of the routes that you can walk. It's really, um, 490 miles across, oh. uh, <laughs> across oh. France, starting okay. in France, across Spain. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, how did you become interested in this pilgrimage? Um, I let's say, was bitten by the travel when I was uh, 16 and uh, got to go with my German club to uh, Germany. Um, And that was it. I I was hooked. And uh, a year or so later, I actually saw um, the Camino listed in a travel magazine and thought, that sounds crazy people walk across the country like that sounds really neat um, and wild and that would be something fun to do and um it just sat there in my brain for the past couple of decades oh, okay. and, until until i thought i have um 
you know, if I ever have time to do this, I'll, I'll want to go. It takes about five weeks uh, to do the route. So um, my sabbatical was coming up and I thought after COVID and pandemic and just all the, the stress, now's a really good time. So decided to, to pull, pull, pull the plug and, and jump in. Okay. Well, how, how did you make the arrangements uh, through a travel agency or did you go through a church organization agency? Um, how did, how did, how did you make those arrangements? Um, so uh, the Camino um, actually has really pretty good uh, infrastructure um, since so many people do it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of information on uh, online. Um, there are also uh, groups that will book your travel for you or help you to set up the trip um, in a my former life before seminary, um, I actually worked for a travel company. So, uh, I feel pretty confident in most cases figuring out travel. So I was able to figure out travel plans, um, and just get a lot of recommendations from some of the online forums. There are different groups on, Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook, there are two kind of main groups that I use that were helpful. One was for women who are walking on the Camino largely alone. Oh, uh, okay. Camigas is the name. And then the other is the American Pilgrims uh, group. So um, each of the countries kind of has a, an organization that um, for Camino Pilgrims. Oh, okay. Uh, I use I did crowdsourcing to get information from people who had done it before, as well as talking to friends who had uh, walked before. So I had a number of colleagues and friends who had done um, various routes uh, on the Camino. So I was able to talk to them. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Now uh, making. Um planning this trip uh you must have had some expectations of what you wanted to accomplish um could you share uh, any of those expectations uh that you might have had my my first hope and expectation was if i do this i hope i survive like i, I don't i i've never tried to walk that far so my first thought was I hope I make it home. <laughs> okay. Um, very, very basic. Um, but I actually, um, I wanted to to see if I could do it mm-hmm. um, and to see if my body could handle it. I've never tried anything like that. I'm not particularly active mm-hmm. um, in normal everyday life. Um yeah, so you're, you're not I, part of a. I was you, curious. Right, uh, you were not part of a walking club or anything like that. No, at home. no, okay. no, no. No, I like walk to the fridge and back. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I have played sports and things in the past, um, and I do like walking. I do like hiking, but I I usually would not be doing it a whole lot. I did start training beforehand but my expectation was to try to be open mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people when they speak about about it as this transformative life-changing experience 
and I didn't want to load it up okay. with too many expectations. Okay. Um, I wanted to be open to see how God would meet me uh, on the road mm-hmm. and would meet me and fellow pilgrims in, in creation, uh, in the places and the people that we, my husband and I uh, were going to um, encounter. So I was trying to to go in with a few expectations. Okay. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if um, d- during this trip, um, uh, what would you say were the difficult times for you? We um, we did experience some injuries along the road. Um, my husband had some knee pain. Um, that was kind of exacerbated, you know, going downhill uh, Mm -hmm. would flare up. Um, Downhill is worse than the uphill. Um, And then I had uh, plantar fasciitis, which kind of flared up um, about, I guess about two weeks in, two and a half weeks in um, to a point where it was, really painful and uh i i couldn't i couldn't walk around and um so i at at that point thought maybe we're done with this trip but Mm -hmm. um was able to to rest um was able to send my pack ahead there are pack carrying um organizations companies that you can use to ship your pack ahead which makes it a lot easier um and so that took some weight off and I went to a pharmacy and uh, the pharmacist, Roberto, who will forever have a special place in my heart, <laughs> yeah. was, was able to get me a foot brace um, that enabled me to keep walking. Oh my. And so I, I, I credit, uh, credit that brace and Roberto's quick thinking um on what might be helpful uh, in in being able to continue along the the road. <laughs> okay, uh, and you mentioned that it's uh, four hundred and ten miles. Uh, uh, four hundred ninety miles. Oh, okay, four hundred and ninety <laughs> miles. And, and how many how many miles did you uh, were you able on an average were you able to walk each day? Um, we walked anywhere from between. 10 and 18 miles a day wow <laughs> so yeah it's a lot of walking um it we would start out early um we found we went in september um and early october and the weather was really great but once it hits about one o'clock the sun uh is really kind of unbearable okay. um uh, so we tried to get out early in the morning. We start six thirty ish, oh, oh my. <laughs> and 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 walk, um, which was nice. It was actually turned out to be our favorite time um, to walk. You could see the stars um, and the moon, and it was quiet. You could just hear the birds and the crunch of gravel beneath your feet. So it was really kind of a magical time to walk early in the morning. And that would mean that we would finish up a little bit early and not have to uh, be walking under the sun and the, the heat. Um, 
so yeah, we each day is a little different. You walk from town to town and stop in different uh, villages along okay. the way, cafes mm -hmm. and bars. So there's lots of breaks. Um, oh, okay. We, I think we ate every couple of hours. Like every time we'd get to a new town, we'd eat. We'd have a cafe con leche and yeah. a, a, a zumo and orange juice um, and and whatever food uh, was a keep walking. So it's a leisurely pace. <laughs> oh, okay. And and the people were well. Uh, I guess they're used to these pilgrims uh, going through their town and welcome yeah, uh, you. In in a lot of places, it's my understanding that. The, the towns along the Camino, because there are so many pilgrims, that's their main trade at this point. So, okay. it, yeah, in many, in many of these places, the towns themselves are very small. They're tiny, but there's usually a cafe mm -hmm. um, or, or a restaurant, something available or a bar, you know, some, something where you can yes. stop and get a meal. Um but in many of the places, people have left to look for work elsewhere. Right. Uh, and so the towns themselves are really in part sustained by the the pilgrims um, who no. are coming through. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd like to ask, uh, well, uh, what were your accommodations? You'd walk, let's say, 10 to 18 miles. And then were you in a hostel or a hotel or how did that how, how did that work? for you um so there are lots of different types of accommodations available and they will vary from town to town um there are some that are um donations uh donativos is, is what they're called um people who are opening their home and they've they've got some beds and you'll usually have like a communal meal mm -hmm. those you just donate for whatever you feel is appropriate. Um, and then there are hostels, um, either private or um, municipal run. Mm -hmm. um, and those can be very inexpensive as well. Like, you know, seven euros. Oh which yeah. That's like very really, cheap. really good good deal so you you know shared bathrooms and showers and, mm -hmm. and bunk beds um there are also private rooms that you can get in some of the um albergues the, the hostels where you stay or you can get um you know smaller rooms so you'd have like four people instead of like a, a really big <laughs> shared space with lots of bunk beds you just have four four beds in a room um and then there are hotels there are like bed and breakfast. Um, there's different ways of booking as well. Some people book ahead. Some people um, take their chance and see what's open. That's the more traditional way of just walking into a town and asking around, seeing what is available um, and trusting that you will have a bed at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was about to ask, uh, did you make arrangements ahead of time uh, or did you or did you uh, wait until you got to the town to start looking for a place to sleep? It, it was a combination of things. So the first 
Um, the first couple nights I had booked ahead because I knew there would be a, a, a lot of people at both the beginning and the end. Right. Um, so it was more crowded. So it, we, we tried to book those ahead. And then um, each day we would get in to our, wherever we were staying, we're staying for the night. We would um, shower, do our laundry, um, and we'd call ahead to the next town to see what was available and book. So we, we did it on a day by day basis um, and tried to plan out. And sometimes we'd have to adjust how far we were walking mm-hmm. based on, on what was available. Um, but that seemed to work pretty well for us. There, there was, I, I, I guess it was one or two days maybe that we kind of wandered in and <clears throat> tried our luck <laughs> to <laughs> to find a place and right. it worked out it worked oh, out oh, that's, but good. that's good i'm a type a perfectionist that is not my normal and one of the things i was wondering uh, initially when i saw photographs uh, on on facebook that um uh, that you were doing this alone but no you weren't you were accompanied by someone special Yes, yes. My my husband Jeff, he um he has known for a long time that I wanted to do this and um I told him I wanted him to come with me um because I <laughs> wanted to experience um experience this with him. It's it felt like a, a once in a lifetime kind of adventure and right. I wanted us to have the experience of seeing it together, you know, for the first time. Um, I've done a lot of solar travel um, Mm -hmm. and I'm fine. I'm comfortable with that. But to have somebody to share those exciting moments with, Mm -hmm. um, I, I really, I really wanted to share that with him. And so I, um, spent a long time convincing him that this was something he should do and be excited about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, he was like, why do we have to walk across? <laughs> but he was able to thankfully get the time off of work, which was incredible. That was uh, really generous of his, uh, his boss and his company. So oh, we're, that's we're really thankful. nice. That's really thankful nice. for that. But um, yeah. It, and I think, he enjoyed it. Um, like he tells me, he, he misses the simplicity of it um, uh-huh. now that we're back. Yes. Um, yes. So I think it was a good thing for him too, even though I kind of um, dragged him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> was was not maybe his normal thing that he would like to do, but um, I think it was it was exciting for him as well. That's um, good. Uh, as you uh, have had. You've only been home uh, uh, mm, uh, a few weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, how do you, um, how do you think this pilgrimage uh, is changing you or has changed you? I it's um it's hard to tell right off the bat. There there are a few things that I've noticed right away. Um, one is 
the it slowed it slowed me down. Uh, it, okay. Um, in a way that few other things have been able to do. Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. I I'm always go go go. Yes. And I think in the pandemic and as a leader in a congregation, I took on stuff that wasn't mine to take on in terms of feeling responsible for keeping things going Mm -hmm. um, and for for just feeling weight of that in a way that was really not helpful um, and wasn't really mine to take on. Um, And I think it took me about two weeks to just kind of settle and relax into the pace of, of the Camino and not feel like I had to rush or do all the things. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of slowing down, just taking each day as it comes, um, realizing that you can do absolutely incredible things and go far by going one step at a time. Um, was it was really that was that was huge for oh, me. Okay. Um, and and I think like coming back into um, you know regular life, it's how to be present with everything um, that is just in that moment and not trying to worry about what's coming down the road or right, if I do okay. this, what is this going to look like? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, it's a, it's less anxiety about the future, just knowing that it'll be taken care of. There's, there was just a real sense for me um, that everything is, is, is is held in the arms of God. I'm held in the arms of God. Um, I don't have to spin my wheels trying to figure all the things out, which feels like something I knew in my head, but took a long time. (laughs) Yeah. It took a long time to like really get it to settle in. Right. Um, Exactly. To my heart. And then to just know that through, through and through. So, um, I'm hoping that I can hold on to that as, as you know, get back into the rhythms of everyday life. Um, the other thing that I think it's changed, um, you know, for five weeks, we just had backpacks with whatever we needed. Right. So, so coming back home, I'm like, we have so much stuff and, how much of this is not helpful um, just kind of not only clutters up space but and is not being used, but is a burden that we end up carrying because it's just taking up space right. in our minds and our hearts as well as in our house. Okay. So we've been trying to, clean and and minimize things uh, i think both of us you know like i said jeff really enjoyed the simplicity um me too so 
our house is completely upended right now because we're, oh, okay. we're, we're trying to get rid of things. Um, and that involves creating some chaos first. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and <laughs> making chaos. I think Luther in his uh, uh, commentary on Genesis, you know, says that, you know, God made order out of chaos. And, uh, yes. <laughs> So. Well, yeah, I hope that God shows up and cleans out my craft room, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, indeed, I feel indeed. like, um, I, feel like uh, I need that inspiration. Indeed. <laughs> so. um, how do you think the, the pilgrimage will assist you in ministry now that you're back? Yeah, I, um, I, I think it's... It's hard to tell. Um, uh-huh. at, at this point, I'm still finishing up my sabbatical. Um, so I had three months to- total. Um, mm-hmm. And I think my hope, I am serving a congregation in Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. And much, much of, well, in this area, most of our lives are full of um, meetings and schedules and work and, you know, practices right. for kids and appointments and, um, you know, volunteering. And it's, our lives are so incredibly full. And, um, and I know that, People in the congregation feel that in this area, there's just never enough time, never enough hours in the day. I have often felt that. Um, And so I'm I'm wondering what this slowing down um, and and being attentive, noticing how that might translate um, into my ministry. I, I feel like I've already kind of had that in terms of, um, practices. I was trying to, trying to get us to work on together because I knew the value of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and from contemplative practice, um, I'm a spiritual director as well. Um, and have spent a while now swimming in those contemplative waters, which has been really helpful for, for my, my type A busy run, run, run personality. But I think walking and physically embodying that really was a shift uh, for me. And so I, I wonder if that kind of changes what ministry looks like mm-hmm. also just in terms of setting healthier boundaries um, on on myself and on my time. Um, okay. in terms of of meetings and uh, what we take on, what I take on as a as a pastor, as a leader, but also maybe in terms of maybe what we all take on as a congregation, uh, and how we try and discern that together. Okay. Um. Uh, in terms of uh, our listening audience, there there might be those who have been inspired by what you've done, and I would like to ask you, uh, what suggestions might you give to uh, people who uh, might want to make this pilgrimage? Any special preparation, etc.? 
Yeah, I think for me, it was, um, it was reading. <laughs> um, I read uh, Walk in a Relaxed Manner by Joyce Rupp. Um, that was a really great book to kind of give me some, some insight. Um, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. There's tons of YouTube videos about people, you oh. know, walking on the Camino. Um, so you can, you can learn about the food. You can learn about what to pack. You can be overwhelmed really with, um, everybody's advice and stories. Um, and in the end, I think what's really most helpful is to kind of sit with it, uh, play about it, talk it over with folks who have uh, who have gone before, um, with your family, um, figure out what route works for you, how much time do you have, oh, okay. uh, how, how strenuous um, of a pace do you want to go at, um, or how strenuous do you want the path to be? There are different routes that are a little bit um, harder or easier mm -hmm. uh, or have more uh, amenities and infrastructure set up. Um, so there's, there's a lot to kind of sort through um, and then get out and practice walking. Um, okay. I, and I would say, Spain is a hilly country, so practice your hills. <laughs> okay. So, uh, surprisingly hilly. <laughs> right. And I have uh, one last question, uh, and uh, that uh, my perception is that this pilgrimage has an ecumenical dimension to it. And did you find people from various uh, denominations, uh, various church groups? Um, uh, around the world who, who participated. Yeah, there are people from uh, all different faiths um, who participate. There are monks and nuns and priests and pastors uh, and, and uh, people in lay Catholic orders or people who um, are faithful lay leaders in their own congregations. There are folks who are seeking, um, who are just looking for an encounter with, with God, with the, with the Holy. Um, there are people who are non-religious who, okay. um, who are going because they, it's more of a, a meditative uh -huh. experience for them. They wanted the time and the space. Um, there are a lot of people who have quit their jobs who are in discernment about what the next steps are. Maybe they've had changes in relationships um, and are looking for quiet space to reflect and to think um, about that and to meet other people who are also in a state of, uh, discernment or transition or questioning or wondering or seeking. So okay. I think every everybody's out there <laughs> looking for something of some sort. Sure. Um, yeah, and what that looks like is, is very open. Um, I think maybe even nowadays there are fewer um, 
openly or, or maybe that's not the right way of saying that. It's not necessarily just religious pilgrims. Yes. Um, okay. But people who like walking for exercise or mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. just want to take a long, long walk to clear their head. <laughs> right. Okay. That's that's helpful. That's helpful. Uh, well, I can't believe our time is, has run out, but I, I, I want to thank you for sharing such a remarkable experience uh, with our listening audience. And uh, I hope that I hope I, I, I don't know whether you'll do it again, but uh, uh, but it's certainly something that uh, is uh, was a thrilling experience from from the way you described it. I, I think I would. I've already been looking <laughs> and oh. planning for, for another one. Um, OK. And uh, so, you know, not right away, but in yeah. the future. Um, but thank you for for listening. Thank you for asking the questions. And I would say um, I'll leave you with what uh, pilgrims traditionally say to one another as we pass each other on the trail um, and on the path. It's Buen Camino. That means a good journey. Um, we're all on a journey. And uh, let's make it a good one. Okay. On that note, I want to thank you. And... Um, to our listening audience, uh, you have heard uh, about the pilgrimage of uh, Pastor Annabel uh, Markey, who is co-pastor at Community Lutheran Church in Sterling, Virginia, and about her adventure on the Camino de Santiago. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.